Hello, everyone, and welcome, fellow piercers and piercing enthusiasts, to Real Talk, a piercing podcast from the minds of piercing professionals on the body modification industry and culture. Each episode, we will center on a common theme with a guest. We will cover topics including things such as piercing methods, industry topics, jewelry, and trends. I'm your host, Will Von Doom, a professional body piercer and proud member of the Association of Professional Piercers. So let's get straight to the point and dive into this week's topic. In our second of two episodes recorded at the annual Professional Piercers Conference, I had the opportunity to sit down with Danny Greenwood of Cold Steel America in San Francisco and Sarah Chernikowski of Dorgier Dormants in Rochester, New York. Both of these women in my eyes are considered to be some of the most influential front-end staff in the industry. I lovingly refer to them and their roles as queen bees. They do amazing work from picking out jewelry combinations to designing logos and artwork to managing social media and just being the first person a customer sees when they enter our businesses. In this late-night interview, we discuss how important the role they fill is and where we hope the industry is headed. So without further ado, here's an interview with two of my favorite people in the industry. No, I, I, I hit on that a lot, like, um, cause the point of my class was, uh, like after years of doing this, like I've been doing this for 11 years now, you know, so I've been doing this for a minute. And I've had conversations and overheard conversations with, like, piercers and managers and studio owners and stuff like that. And I hear a lot of those same, like, oh, my counter people don't do anything. They're not good at this. They're not good at sales. And then when my first question is, like, well, what do you train them to do? And their answer is, like, oh, greet people. I'm like, well, okay. You know? Like, like, so on your comment of, like, just a counter person should not just be a warm body like well if that's all you ever train your counter person to do or ever expect them to do like what do you expect them to do like and I I use this phrase a lot when I talk about it like you get out of a person what what you put into them you know like so if you will never expect the bare minimum that's all you're ever going to get with very rare like occasions you know like finding that person that is so self-motivated that they could take you not giving them any direction and turn it into something like that's really rare, you know, like that's very few and far between. But so I, yeah, I, I've talked a lot about that with people over the years of just like, well, don't, don't just hire some dum dum. Don't like right. sit at your front counter and say hi. You know, right. like <laughs> I feel like it's so much what you're putting into it that you're getting out of it too. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't just even if you're hiring a really experienced retail mm-hmm. person, yeah, uh, they're still not going to necessarily know exactly what you're expecting of them unless you put in a lot of time yeah. to train them. There are so many specific things to being in this industry working in any shop in any position. Yeah. You're not gonna learn it anywhere else. No. Yeah. Yep. And and retail experience doesn't necessarily translate perfectly to what we do. Like of course you're selling stuff and helping people figure things out, but then it just goes like deeper because we're we're selling things that go inside of uh, <laughs> your body. Right. You know? And <laughs> like I, like I think too, like <laughs> when it comes to that I have retail experience. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think that really applies super well yeah. because if you're going to 
I'm going in here to buy some useless bullshit. Yeah. And you just pick it up. Yeah. Whereas opposed to coming in, you're like, I think I want to do this. Yeah. It involves a bigger commitment as yeah. opposed to not like at all. Yep. Yeah. And there's so much corporate regulation with any retail setting. So yeah. it doesn't matter what anyone asks you or any problem they come in with. You have a booklet answer yep. that you need to give, even if you want to tell them what you're being stupid like yeah. you're literally not allowed <laughs> yeah. to say that i mean you shouldn't say that even if you're a yeah. shop but no two shops are the same there's yeah. not going to be any sort of cross the board policy yeah. for anything yeah and that's and, and i was like about to make a comment on that like like working in a, de- a department store setting like sure you're gonna have that training of like greet customers like how be somewhat happy and whatnot and how to like maintain that conversation but it's also like Oh man, the settings are so scripted. Like, which is one thing I hate as a consumer personally, and I try to avoid it in my interactions with clients as much as possible. Like, because people can absolutely tell when you're insincere about something, when something's forced, or when you're having an interaction or a dialogue, and you're like, oh, like this is just kind of what you are supposed to be doing and saying, and not what you want to be talking about. So even if I'm interacting with a client that I'm maybe not digging so much, or they're talking about stuff that I personally I'm not super into. I try to tap into like, okay, well, we're just going to pretend like they're talking about rutilated quartz and gold and I'm going <laughs> to take the enthusiasm I would have for that conversation and apply it to this, you know? Like, I really try to be as sincere in my interactions as possible because people can sense it otherwise. Absolutely. Even if they can't put their finger on <clears throat> yeah. the right, that's, weird, that's yeah. usually what it boils down to. Well, I'm actually curious to know because... I like I text you all the time, mm-hmm. but we don't actually like talk about work very yeah. much. We kind of shit talk a lot. We kind of shit talk a lot. And it, <laughs> my fault. It's my fault. That's, that's not entirely true. Instigator. But um, I we never really are like. So what do you do? But I'm actually right. curious to know how you define your own job description. So this is something that I've kind of thought of a little bit, but I don't know because titles are so weird, uh, and also like. I wear a lot of hats, you know, in my studio, so there's, like, not any one thing. Um, Anytime I have to write, like, bios, like, in my, like, APP, like, on the phone app or whatever, I call myself, like, counter staff slash internet overlord slash resident power nerd because I'm also usually, like, the IT guy, you know? (laughs) Or, like, well, I'm the the one in the studio that, like, lives on the internet. Uh, So I know, you know, all the the jewelry that the kids are looking at and, like, the trends and what everyone's talking about and discussing and stuff like that. And so when clients come in, like, I saw this thing on the thing. And I'm like, oh, was it the thing? Like, you know? (laughs) Like, like, whereas, like, my coworkers are like, I have no idea what this person is talking about. I'm like, well, I spend like all of my time on the internet because I love the internet and I love jewelry and stuff like that. So, um, but I don't know. It's, again, it's so hard because I do so much. Like, uh, yeah, it's it's so weird. I usually just kind of default to counter manager, you know, like even though I'm not really a manager, but like I do all the front end counter stuff, but then I answer all the emails and do all the right. media and So the way that I have described it, like <laughs> I've worked with Sarah quite a bit 
And the biggest thing that I can only describe that as is a queen bee. Mm-hmm. And the like, I've noticed that a lot of people have started to adapt this term mm-hmm. to sure. their front end staff mm-hmm. because if you don't, you got to think of the shop as a hive. And if there isn't a queen bee, mm-hmm. then basically the hive just like falls apart. Yeah. <laughs> so when Sarah, like, there's been a lot of times where like Sarah stays home when we're working at Dorje because mm-hmm. she's like editing like twelve thousand yeah. photos. <laughs> yeah. And it's just Tom and I, and both of us look at each other and we're like, oh God, like, <laughs> what is, I don't know how to do this. Just call Sarah, ask her if she's coming in later. I, I really think that it's, it's a role like that doesn't have a title yet. And yeah, that's just been my like. Yeah. And I think that's my, where a lot of shops come into an issue with finding good counter staff is mm-hmm. because they're only looking at it as a counter person. Yep. And that can range anywhere from a part-time help to backstock to somebody who literally manages everything and they have there's no real term for anything in between there so if you're saying oh i'm counter help that could mean so much and also when you're saying you're trying to hire counter help that could mean so much and if you're just telling someone oh you're just a counter person that could make them devalue their own role in a shop so much that they're not going to want to put 110 percent Whereas if you're saying you're the queen bee, you're going to want to fulfill that position <laughs> and that role because you know you're being trusted by people who either run the shop or have been there longer with their baby, right. <laughs> you know, with their passion. Yeah. That's really important. Yeah. But counter, yeah. counter girl, I yep. feel like, is a little out, outdated. Uh, yeah, like counter step. And I mean, as someone who, uh, granted it was a nickname given to me, I didn't give myself a nickname. Um, Danny the girl, you know, is what my like freelance graphic stuff that's what I go under so I have kind of a weird thing with girl I've applied it to myself sort of but it also weirds me out when people refer to grown-ass adult women as girl like Absolutely. like you don't call them counter boy like you usually say counter kid which also I'm not a kid I'm 32 fucking years old right. like like right. stop it so yeah it's it's hard I tried to just like I said counter manager counter staff that type of thing um, and I touched on that at the very end of my talk last night, like my like ending thing was don't refer to your counter staff as just counter. I hate the word just. Like anyone that uses the word just in relation to just about any job, but like has obviously never worked a similar job. You know, I can usually tell the people that have never worked retail because you know if you work retail, like you're doing a lot of stuff, you know? Like but also like you said, like it, it diminishes and demeans not only your staff, but the role they play in your studio. Like Absolutely. uh and a little bit of what I talked about last night, like I am the first person that people see when they come in the studio. Like I spend the most time in their visit, you know, especially on busy days, like most of our clients spend three quarters of their visit with me. Like the piercer does the service, but I'm doing all the rest. Like I'm greeting them, helping them fill out paperwork, picking up jewelry. I assess jewelry sizes a lot of the time, like uh, all that kind of stuff. I ring them up and answer any questions they may have about other stuff. And then they go back and have the stuff done and then come out. Like, why would you want that position to be, Devalued. Devalued, but also a low, like, low-trained position. Like, why would you want the first person your clients see to be someone who can't tell you everything about your studio? So, at least in my book, I really think that when you say... It's a double-edged sword, Mm -hmm. because... A lot of people use, and I'm just using this for now, yep. as in I'm throwing up finger quotes, counter <laughs> is just a like warm body that covers the front yeah. so that when strangers come in, they're like, oh, the piercer yeah. or the tattooer will yeah. be right with you. 
But then when you say counter to like women of your caliber, it's derogatory because you're not just someone who's sitting there. Like, yeah. Both of you do incredible graphic design work mm-hmm. and you do all like the internet presence, you know, responding to emails. So mm-hmm. you have like all of these different roles lumped in and there's there's very clearly a line that's been drawn, but no one really touches base on it between counter staff and basically queen bee yeah. front end managerial yeah. slash <laughs> you know got a secretarial role with yeah. like staff management with like making sure that everyone is happy and i mean i will straight up admit i can't handle what you do like i can't i can't do a photoshop thing while answering the phone while making sure that like there's three clients that know what they're getting and then tell me when i walk out of the room what i need to be doing right. like yeah. i can't do it yeah i i can try but it, it's it's not the same it yeah. really is not the same. Yeah. Well, for me, it came down to the trust of who employed me. I mean, I work for such a wonderful person. When I first worked there for the first six months, he wouldn't even let me water the plants. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> he was like, you're going to fuck it up. <laughs> Those aloe plants. Also, I will kill plants. Don't yeah. let me water plants. I so, mean, <laughs> like, he should have let me. But yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he eventually... You know, trusted me enough to give me more of these responsibilities mm-hmm. and also encouraged me enough to get to where I was. Yeah, eventually, if you're working in a job long enough, you're going to, if you like the job, take mm-hmm. on more and more responsibilities to become more and more involved. But also, you need somebody to trust you enough with yeah. their brand, with who they are. For a lot of these piercing shops, it was one person who started it. And it's so important to them that whoever they're trusting, to run other parts of it that they don't necessarily oversee. It's a huge deal. And nobody should ever, you know, look down on that sort of risk that they're taking by letting an extension of themselves go to this person that they hired. Yeah. But, like, if you don't extend that trust, you're limiting your reach because one person can only do so much. Yeah. 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 You got to be open to your staff taking those steps and taking on tasks and responsibilities like I like you I'm lucky to work in a studio where like my coworkers, my bosses have always been really open and supportive about me taking on those things um, and a lot of it was just I kept seeing needs that could be filled and I knew I could do it uh, and just kind of doing it and then you know like I have kind of an MO of like hey I think it'd be a good idea if we did a web store is that a good idea yeah that's a good idea cool because I already made one and I need your like credit card to do it like like, that is literally how I've Mm -hmm. gone up the ladder in my studio just like our shirts look really bad can I make new ones cool I made some and they're ready to order like like just it's, it's it's kind of my thing to do and luckily my bosses have been like cool you seem confident in this you know you seem like you know what you're doing um also you live on the internet so apparently you know you know you have them on the pulse of these uh you know like but also i wouldn't have been able to get where i am if they weren't like in that place of like cool no we like we trust you you got this if it ends up not working okay then we tried something and we know it doesn't work out you know but that definitely is huge like being open to your counter staff like coming to you and being like I feel like I'm really good at this particular thing and I think you should let me kind of expand on it and explore and see where we can go with this and and that type of thing because you never know you know what your staff are capable of until you give them a chance to try some stuff you know 
Absolutely. And I mean, as a piercer, you're already taking on so many responsibilities as is. And mm -hmm. as a business owner, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Like there's only so much you can do yeah. and think about you yep. may not even mm -hmm. thought about your t-shirts probably yeah um, but i don't know if you've gotten to that point with your co-workers but mm -hmm. like i almost got in a slap fight with nick about um gift certificate mm -hmm. design yes and um he was like you know we're comfortable enough that instead of it being like a well maybe we should rethink yeah. it we spend so much time together that it's like a that looks like a 70s porn star yes. movie cover <laughs> yeah. and i'm like you just don't know good taste yeah. you know it should have been a more professional conversation but yeah. we sp have spent so much time together in this relationship building yeah. that it becomes less about uh, a boss and employee relationship yeah. and more friend related and yeah. that's been so important for us to even get to where we are yep. like yeah gotta spend the time with them yeah yeah it, that's definitely uh, an important relationship and I absolutely am also in that same because I mean I've been in my studio for nine years now you know like we've gotten pretty comfy with each other <laughs> I've also gotten to that point where I will absolutely be like no that's a stupid idea <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's dumb and will not work. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, like, this isn't going to be a professional conversation of pros yeah. and cons. I'm just going to shut it down immediately, yeah, yes. which yeah. may or may not end very well. There's yeah. usually some like people on the periphery that are really uncomfortable, yeah. but in the end, I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, sure. pretty much. Yeah, it's also I am. Uh, what most people would call an anal retentive weirdo, I prefer the term particular, um, <laughs> because there are a lot of things in our studio that just, like, no. Like, there's one way to do it, and it's my way. So let me just do it. Uh, like, for forever, for the first six or seven years in my studio, I was the only counter person. Partially because things were kind of slow. Like, when I first moved to San Francisco, we closed down our second location. Um, we have a fairly small staff. Like, But also, I just kind of started doing everything, so we just didn't really need someone, because I'm, again, particular. Um, so I just love how that's your term. It is. Uh, like, like, so I am in charge of, like, all the display cases and stuff, and, you know, as they get dusty and you gotta clean them, like, and I was getting busier with other things, uh, my coworkers would actually, like, oh, hey, I'll clean that case, whatevs. And it got to the point to where they just got tired of them cleaning it, and then me going back through almost immediately and rearranging everything to how I liked it, because there's one way to do it. That is a thing. My so, way. Right. So Sarah is <laughs> extremely particular, and she's, like, Nick will ask, and Nick is the owner of Dorje where Sarah works and where I work. He's fabulous. And I love him. <laughs> and so Nick will be like, Will, why don't you help Sarah clean the case? And I will immediately pick it up and then turn to Sarah and say, please tell me what to do. <laughs> because I don't want to make you have to do this twice. Yes. So it, it is one of those things. Like, I yes. totally understand that. But yeah. so, going off of both what you mm. folks said, do you think that it is super important to have, to have all these outside knowledge and skill sets when you come into this career mm -hmm. because it's not like retail. It's not like, hey, do you know how to push a broom? Right. You know, it's like, hey, do you know how to Photoshop blemishes out of a photo <laughs> and make like a logo that actually applies to our industry? Like, right. So do you feel like that is something that employers should actually be looking for as opposed to, once again, falling back to the warm body on the, sure. the front counter? Sure. I do think, and again in my talk, 
touched on a couple of things. Don't be afraid to have high expectations right. for a counterperson. Now, it doesn't necessarily, like, I understand, like, myself, Sarah, Brianna, like, you we're... You are super rare. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, and again, I've been doing this for a long time, so this is all stuff that I build up to. You know, of course I started out as someone who didn't know much, and it took me forever to learn how to put on latex gloves and <laughs> like stuff. Like, it didn't start like this. Like, but having that expectation is not a bad thing. Like, oh, hey, I would eventually love to have my counterperson doing all these things. Now that might mean that you have to train them to do those things or look for the type of person, like, when you're hiring people, like, oh, specifically, like, oh, gotcha, it looks like you have a background in, you know, fine art or merchandising or what have you, you know, kind of know what you want your counterperson to do and sort of look for the potential to do those things. Um, but of course, like, expecting someone to be hired on his counter and automatically they're super good at sales and all of the other things that we freaking right. do, that's, that's of course, kind of crazy. But again, being open to them potentially getting to that point, um, but yeah, knowing what you want out of a counterperson, I feel, is a really important first step when you're starting to hire people. Right. <laughs> and, I, and and I know Sarah's going to jump in in like mm. 20 seconds. <laughs> and I, I really think that this is, we're getting in a spot now where we're currently at conference recording this. And there is a lot of people here who are counter mm-hmm. uh, salespeople for mm-hmm. the shops, front-end managers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of classes now, you see that we have classes for piercers, but there are so many people in this industry that we should be having classes for. Yes. I'm, I'm just going to refer to them as counter just for yep. the sake of mm-hmm. this conversation yeah. to refer to those counter people. <laughs> but one of the things I think our industry... Personally, this is how I feel. Mm. I think our industry needs to realize that counter is an incredibly valuable asset for your business. First person you see, last person you see, person that makes sure that the shop isn't on fire while you're doing piercings, (laughs) answering the phone, doing all these things. And I really think that it's starting to get to the point where you move away from the warm body that Mm -hmm. you pay minimum wage Mm -hmm. to a counter staff who, in my opinion, I will say this now and I will say it probably until the day that I die, (laughs) Sarah is equally or if not more valuable than I am. Front end counter staff is equal to or more valuable than myself. And I am a body piercer because they're the people that help us make sales. Those are the people that help us make everything run smoothly. And I really feel that our industry needs to start approaching and seeing these queen bees as opposed to counter staff Mm -hmm. and how valuable they are. Yeah. Well, beyond that, too, I mean, a piercer couldn't necessarily do what Danny and I are doing because there just aren't enough hours in the day. There's really not. But it's not as if their skills couldn't be at the level to do what we're doing if they had 48 hours in a single day. Mm -hmm. But if there were more opportunities to learn... Any piercer could benefit from learning how to be more effective at the counter. And I see a lot of sales techniques that are very opinion-based, which for us doesn't necessarily work. We thankfully cater to a lot of very strong women, and 76 to 78% of our clientele is women. Mm -hmm. 25 to 35 is our basic demographic. If you're saying, if they're saying, what do you think of this piece? And your answer is, I think it would look beautiful on you. They don't give a shit that you think it looks beautiful. (laughs) They want to know straight facts. Like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, this would look great in your nostril because of this shape. The shape mimics your nostril curve. Mm -hmm. This gemstone, it picks up the gold tones in your tortoiseshell glasses. Those are straight facts. And I, there are a lot of people I know that aren't necessarily counter. They would be more piercer that 
do rely on the if I can uh, swoon you mm-hmm. into thinking that my opinion is worth something. Mm-hmm. But then what about when they're having a moment that they're not really feeling that peace? Weeks down the line where they're not in your shop anymore and they have to look at that piece in the mirror and be like, do I really look beautiful in this piece? Well, that, that piercer said so. Well, does it really come down to that anymore? Right. It yeah. really should be like, what do you feel about it? I can give you straight facts about it. And I, every counter person I've talked to has been able to effectively not just sell the piece, but explain to somebody the aspects about it that would work for them personally mm-hmm. and only yeah. for them personally. Right. And I... All of my sales tactics, I'm going to say, I learned from Nick. And Nick, like as we said before, is Sarah's boss and all all those wonderful things. He would prefer the term head bitch in charge. Head bitch in charge. (laughs) He's not the boss. I'm fine with that too. Bruce Springsteen (laughs) is the boss. (laughs) So the, the biggest thing is, is that when it comes to that, like when I sell a piece of jewelry, I want that person to be absolutely 100% in love with that piece. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it is one of those things where I have talked people out of buying $1,500 pieces Mm -hmm. for a $35 opal. That's fine. Because that person is going to understand you are more concerned about them as a human as opposed to them as a price, you know, a sale. Mm -hmm. And I would rather tell someone, be like, listen, I've seen you three times when you come in here. You are really strong eyeliner colors. Mm. I think that that's your style. Right. I think this would really play off of those, but also accent your eyes, you know, yeah. things like that. Or be like, every time I've seen you, you've had a solid Louis Vuitton checkerboard purse. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and go with like a Tiger's Eye Opal or Tiger's Eye Cabochon and mm-hmm. see how that plays off. Right. You know, it's, I, I do think it's one of those things where every piercer currently, and trust me, we're going to get into this. It's probably going to be a conversation <laughs> with the head bitch in charge. Um, but it's one of those things where like piercers right now are very strong into selling gold. That's totally fine. Mm. But you have to understand just because a client may come in and not want gold doesn't make it any less meaningful as opposed to someone that gets like a titanium mint. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, like, and I mean, we definitely do a decent amount of gold sales, but really part of my, and I don't like to call it a sales pitch because I'm just really just talking to people. Like, I almost get offended when people like are, oh, you're such a good salesman. I'm like, no, I just love the jewelry we sell. Like, it's very easy for me to get enthusiastic about this stuff because it's amazing. For me, and I'll, I'll straight up tell people, I'm like, the main difference between the gold pieces we have here and the titanium pieces is gold. Honestly, you can get kind of fancier. You can do more ornate shapes. You can set genuine stones into it. If that's not your thing, awesome. Titanium is still freaking rad. Like, the number of times, and this is going to sound weird, that, like you said, I've talked someone away from a gold piece or a titanium piece because I knew they'd be happier with it is a lot of times. But I'd rather have that person buy that titanium piece, come back super stoked on it and excited and wanting to build an outfit from there. Right. Then buy that gold piece that they're kind of about, you know? Yeah, and that person is going to tell, you know, that old saying, like, they're going to tell two Mm -hmm. friends and they're going to tell two friends. Yeah. So even though you may not see the instant, like, oh, yeah, like it sold like a grand piece, Mm -hmm. which, trust me, like, as a pierce, oh, yeah, like it makes me feel super good. That's that's awesome, Um, yeah. Yeah, it's rad. (laughs) But at the same point, like, I'd rather have one client tell three people to come in, mm-hmm. and then basically you've made the same amount of money. Yeah. And but you're going to get more of a wider like spread because those yep. people are going to be happy and yep. like so on and, and so greater forth. client satisfaction, which honestly is just building a li- like a loyal client base. Right. You know, so like those are people that are going to keep coming back to you. I also part of talking to each and every single client. I mention constantly the fact that we can custom order just about anything. And 
the number of times I've had that person who bought the titanium piece, but I talked so much and so enthusiastically about the fact that we could do fun shapes and genuine stones, later come back and order a piece. Like, I loved my opal, but you talked about genuine opals? Like, let's talk about that. Like, boom, you know? Like, that's awesome. Like, put that little earworm in there. (laughs) You know? Like, if you ever want to match something that goes with that opal, but is maybe a little bit more ornate, like, come back and talk to me, you know? Like, that happens all of the time, just letting people know that they have options, because they have a lot of options. Absolutely. (laughs) I never feel like I sell less gold, because we bring out titanium Mm -hmm. the same time we bring out gold. We don't show people gold first, and then Mm -hmm. when they're like, do you have anything less expensive? We're like, oh, well, we have titanium over here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. We sell a lot of gold, because if you put them next to each other, they're going to be like, I've never seen this before, Mm -hmm. and then they're going to say, I'm in love with this, and then they fall in love, they look at it, they hold it up, we talk about how great it is, and then Mm -hmm. they look at the price point, they're like, that is not what I expected to spend, Mm -hmm. and we're like, cool. You don't need to spend that right now. You can spend it on Mm -hmm. this, but they're going to remember the first piece that they fell in love with, and the key is to have them coming back, because if they feel like in any way they were tricked or convinced or persuaded to get that first piece they fell in love with, they're going to hesitate to come back a second time, because they're going to be afraid that credit card will be swiped for more than they really could afford that month. You want people to come back and feel comfortable that they can just tell you what their wish list is without you being like, well, you should buy it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, letting them know there's no pressure, you know, like, like, oh, I'm not trying to get you to buy this right now, what else? Um, But I do, I tell people to follow their gut a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Same as you, we pull out the titanium at the same time as the gold. Uh, Now, of course, eyeballs immediately go to gold. Oh, I mean, that's every time. That's just, that's human brains. We we freaking love gold, you know, mm-hmm. like in shiny stuff. Uh, and I'll tell people all the time, I'm like, yeah, I've, I've, I've helped you hold up these four or five different pieces. Every time I see your eyeball going back to that one, like our guts are really good about telling us what we really want. Um, and, and like, people are usually like, yeah, oh, my God, I can't stop thinking about it. And, right. And that's great. But also we, we understand that, like, uh, like, I'm not a baller. Like, I can't splurge on jewelry all the time either, right. you know? We don't expect your clients to. And, again, I try to put that, like, no pressure, man. Like, if you don't have it right now, like, we've talked about all the aspects. You understand the great piece of jewelry you would be getting. You know, like, you know the lifetime guarantees and blah, 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 blah. Like, it's not a bad thing to save up. You know, I use my personal experience with buying my first set of body vision. Like, I legit saved up for three months by not buying a coffee three times a week. Mm-hmm. I use that story all the time. I'm like, three months of fewer coffees, and I had solid gold in my face? Like, hell yeah, you know? Like, Absolutely. And that, again, takes the pressure off. It lets mm-hmm. them know, like, oh, you've done this too. You don't just buy gold all the damn time, right. you know? Like, you also have to pay rent. Yep, lets them think about it. Um, so I really like that, like, no pressure thing. Like, I'm going to tell you all this stuff about it and tell you how I've noticed that you have fallen in love with it, you know? And a lot of those people do eventually come back, you know, if not for that piece something different because again they're like I can't stop thinking about it and it's like yeah that's great (laughs) there has honestly been more times than I can remember that clients have come in and it will be for example three of us piercers just Mm -hmm. standing up front Mm -hmm. and they come in and they will immediately be asking us to speak to Sarah they're like I am here to see Sarah (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like okay let me go get her and then she comes back (laughs) I fell in love with this piece three months ago Mm -hmm. I have saved everything that I have yeah 
I'm here to buy it. Yeah. And Sarah's like, that's great. And then mm-hmm. immediately hands it off to one of us and yeah. like we take care of it. I'm not the star of the show. Yeah. I am, I am, as my wife lovingly puts, mm-hmm. a technician. Mm-hmm. I am the person who puts yep. the thing in and then we get results. So it is... I, I'm super proud of that moment because I haven't done anything. Like, mm-hmm, I really mm-hmm, haven't. Mm-hmm, yeah. And all I know is that, like, you or Sarah or these other queen bees that are out there are instilling such confidence and, like, loyalty to these yeah. clients that they're saving their monies, they're not buying coffees, mm-hmm. if, they're not, if they're me, they're not buying candy all the time. <laughs> um, but they're just going ahead and they're taking this money and they're coming back and they're like, hey, I did what you said, mm-hmm. here's my funds. I can't wait to have this piece. Yeah. Or they'll come in and if people are like, I I can make custom jewelry. I can sit with a client Mm -hmm. and I can be like, ooh, let's see what you want here. And like (laughs) go over the shapes and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And then hand, you know, like Sarah or someone else, like a shittily drawn doodle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And be like, make this thing. Um, But I don't even even do that anymore because Mm -hmm. that's, I realize when I have strengths and I realize when I have weaknesses. Yeah. I'm good at doing piercings. I'm good at making people feel good about themselves. I'm really good at drinking coffee and eating candy. And Sarah (laughs) is really good at getting clients to come in and sit with them Mm -hmm. and have a consultation about like the jewelry that they want. Right. Well, we spent so much time like really letting people know know that their best interests are always our number one priority and those interests vary from person to person but regardless it's about them they are always going to be the reason that we exist in the first place if a customer comes in and it becomes about the piercer and their wants and needs that is really only you can only keep that going for so long yeah it it really has to be about the people who keep your business running and if they know that they can trust that they're gonna have a conversation with you and in the end it's always about what they wanted from beginning to end they're never gonna feel like you were just trying to make a sale out of yeah. it or you were just trying to do this really cool piercing project you were just hoping that someone's ear would show up that was blank <laughs> enough to make it work like Maybe that is some some clientele that comes in. They're like, just stab me. We do get a lot of that. There is that aspect to our clientele, and that's fine. And then our peers are like, thank God, I've been wanting to do this forever. But how infrequently does that happen? I mean, right. I'd say like once every few months we get someone in who's like, I'm a blank canvas. Yeah. Do what you will. Usually it's like, I saw this. I want this. Right. And this is the color I want. We'll make it happen. Yeah. Always. Yeah. We get a decent amount of clientele who, uh, specifically with Becky, because Becky likes to do a lot of, like, ear stuff. um, And talking about, like, strengths and weaknesses. Uh, The folks that will come in and, like, I don't know what I want, but I know I want this ear to leave with stuff. That is not my strong point. I don't don't do that. I don't play that game. Uh, Mostly because every single time I do, it ends up with, well, how about this? No, I don't like that. Well, how about this? No, I don't like that. Well, how about that? No, I don't like that. Like, why did you ask me in the first place? Um, that's Becky's strong suit. She's very much like, oh, you want me to just choose where we're piercing you? Boom, let's do this. Let's put together a cute, like, thing. And then um, my strong point is the jewelry part, you know, and that's where her weakness is. Like, like, oh, you want me to build you an outfit? Cool, let's, like, talk a little bit, get some base information, we'll right. go from there. So we make a pretty good duo because it's like, she'll tell you what you're getting pierced. I'll tell you what you're getting pierced with, you know? Yeah, like, and that, yeah. I mean, that, that works out so well. Like, it really does. Because the, the bigger, like, cohesive team that you have, yeah. the better. And, yeah. I mean, if you're not super skilled at something, but somebody else is, like, yeah. I, I stress yeah. this so much. If you are not good at something, there is no shame in being like, hey, yeah. no. mm-hmm. that's not my jam. I really am not going to do a great job on that. Yeah. Like, someone else could do a really better one. 
there's no shame in that. Nope, there's no problem. Yep. For example, I don't do a lot of genital stuff. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Mm-hmm. So I would rather, I'm going to hand you off or I'm going to recommend that you go to such and such a place mm-hmm. to take care of that. So the same principle applies here that, hey, I could probably design you something that would work out mm-hmm. or I can try to sell you this or I can try to be like, these two colors go great together. Mm-hmm. But in all honesty, I can get by, but mm-hmm. I'd rather have a piece that just <laughs> looks like absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree. <laughs> so yeah, and we have a we have a relatively small staff. I'd say we have three piercers and two counter staff, um, and we like rotate schedules so we're open mm-hmm. seven days a week. Um, and you know, so there isn't as much room for you to be like I only do these types of piercings. I mean. Obviously, mm, nobody yeah. really has the room to say that they like <laughs> certain types of piercings. But thankfully, we always have, except for Sundays and Mondays, two piercers on at a time. So, mm. And there's a trust system in place. If somebody has to go in the back and be like, I can't do this. <laughs> you know, the other piercer is <laughs> never going to be like, well, you're going to have to make it happen. Yeah. Because the customer can always sense when the piercer is not really feeling it. Yeah. Just like you were saying, they can always tell when you're not being genuine about yeah. helping them pick anything in the first place they can tell when you're not vibing and having them go through a seamless from counter to piercer room to checking out to yeah. going home is so important so that they trust because they don't know any of the technique they don't know yeah. why we're doing no, what yeah. we're doing and why it's better than some chop shop mm-hmm. but if they feel like we're confident and comfortable that's all they care about yeah I mean, yeah, six months down the road, they'll be able to tell the difference between a well-done piercing and a poorly done mm-hmm. piercing. But yeah. for those first six months, if they're treated well, that's all they care about. Yeah. Right. So the last thing that I want to talk about is actually something that really applies to us piercers, and that is retaining and keeping counter staff mm-hmm. to make sure that they are happy and they're going to be there for a long time. Because the last thing you want to do is put in a major investment into someone mm-hmm. and then have it not work out or have them travel somewhere else where they're Mm going to be taken care of. So what would you guys recommend to keep your counter staff? And I'm just saying counter again as the general (laughs) term, just to keep them happy. Or what would you look for when you're actually going to go work at a studio for them to take you on as an employee? Sure. Um, Knowing that you want like a counter person for the long haul, like know that you want this position to be, potentially a career position um like i really feel like we have started to get to that point where people are realizing like counter can actually absolutely be a career position obviously i've been doing it for over a decade you know like like stop thinking it of it as this low man on the totem pole like seasonal almost you know position um because you're if you're constantly going through turnaround and constantly having to retrain people and have your clientele get used to new people all the time and all that kind of stuff like that absolutely is going to affect almost every aspect of how your business is run um so know yourself know that you want someone to be around for a long time uh and if you're if you don't if you're okay with constant turnover and having new faces all the time cool that's that's on you, you know, maybe don't have the same expectations, you know, like someone that you only have for like the summer because you live in like a college town or something is not going to receive the same training as someone who's potentially going to be with you for the next like 10, 15, 20 years, you know, so know that about yourself and the position that you're going for. But yeah, that recognizing that this absolutely can be a career position, you know. I do have to say as well, I think one of the things that is incredibly important is 
having familiar faces in the studio mm-hmm. that you're at. Yeah. It is when I when I go home to Rochester and I work with Nick and Tom and Sarah mm-hmm. and Marley and Josie and there's a whole bunch. We're and we're one guests. cohesive yeah. family. <laughs> and and when we do go out Sarah and I, or Nick or I, will go for, like, coffee dates in the morning, mm-hmm. and they see us together, and sure. they're like, hey, like, how is Dorje, or, like, mm-hmm. how is all that going on? Or we will go out later at night, and people will be like, hey, how was your day today? Because they know what yeah. we have done the entire day. And I would rather work in a studio where they see the same faces all the yeah. time, because it, it becomes less of a business and more of a family. Yeah. Especially when they see you guys together all the time. Yeah. It also instills confidence in your, your clients. Like I, I have so many clients um, who are local, but also non-local, but visit the city a lot and stuff like that. Um, almost every single day, I get asked by people like, "Oh, you've been here a long time," and I'm like, "Yeah, like nine years," you know. And it's it's one of those like we all know that doing something for a long time doesn't necessarily mean you've been doing it well for that a is, long time. That is a big thing. Um, but in like a like a consumer standpoint, like oh, this studio probably wouldn't have this person here for nine years if they were, like, shitty at their job, you yeah. know? like. But also, they get to see me every time, and I am a horrible person with a goldfish brain, and I maybe don't remember them all of the time, but uh, give me a minute, and I usually work back to it. But again, knowing, like, oh, yeah, I talked to you about this piece, like, four years ago, and I still love it, and blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, people do like seeing the same faces over and over again, like... I always joke around and say that it's it's cheers syndrome. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yes. I'm like 1200 years old. Uh-huh. So like the slogan for that terrible show Cheers was like not too older than Yeah, you. I know. <laughs> is is uh it's basically where you go where everyone knows your name. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's it's one of those things where like we like being now. comfortable. We yep. like seeing the same stuff yep. like yeah. I know that a lot of people are like, I like change. I like to tri- like trip it up. Be like, no, no you go to the same <laughs> coffee shop. Yeah. I guarantee you, you yeah. go to the same restaurants. Like, mm-hmm. that's what you do. Yep. Because we like things that are comfortable. Yeah. And people are already making a change by showing up to yeah. get a body yeah. piercing. So there being some semblance of... Um, like a base, like a, mm-hmm. a root yeah. that they can build this off of without feeling like, well, you're a new person, this is a new place, I'm putting a new hole in my body, this yeah. is terrifying. Mm-hmm. There should be a few things that are familiar every time that you're coming in because it's already terrifying enough to show up in the first place. Yeah, yeah, and and another thing too is, especially when like new people come to your studio, there's been more times than not, I'm like, hey Sarah, I need a hand holder. And it's mm-hmm. not because I'm like, hey, like I'm a really creepy guy, it's because they <laughs> They have legitimately asked me they're like can you ask that girl to come back mm, yeah. so that she can hold my hand because they trust you and you yeah. have dealt with this person for about like five to ten minutes this is a person that i know this is a person that i can trust and that can make the difference between like an okay piercing experience mm-hmm. and i am never going anywhere else but yeah right here. yeah absolutely and the relationships that you can build with your piercers and counter staff is tangible to clients even if they're only experiencing it for five to ten minutes like you just showing up for three months in a job people can tell you're new at the job you have the grasp on your skills like if you don't have the back and forth that we all have at least at Dorje and I'm sure you have Mm -hmm. um, it people can definitely tell that like you're comfortable I'm comfortable like oh you know Will and I are going to have our banter about his cupcake (laughs) t-shirts if you don't know Will and his cupcake t-shirts you don't know what you're doing Um, and people really like they like to feel like they're part of an inside joke that you've been developing all this time if the quick turnaround works for your business model that's fine 
but you better get used to wasting a lot of time training people. And as a business owner, you probably have better things to do. For me, if I were going into a new job, which won't happen, Dorje or life, (laughs) um, it would, I would definitely need somebody to have a very, very strict list of guidelines that they've taken the time to write out and expectations for the job. Unless you're new to having a long-term counter staff and then you need to be open to building those guidelines together and hearing feedback about training somebody and the order in which you should train them and what they should learn first. Because after someone's been doing it for 11 years, you're going to know what you found most important in the beginning versus what you had to learn just by doing. And if you're not open to hearing what your staff has to say about developing those guidelines, you're also doing yourself a disservice. Yep. Yeah. And, and with like that, talking about that, that training, like mind is trying to lose its train of thought right now. No, you're fine. Uh, that like where to start and stuff like that. It's funny, like, cause I obviously talk about this a lot with people and, and stuff like that. Um, I got my start in a studio where there was a very distinguishable ladder that you climb, you know, like a uh, counter person eventually became an apprentice, eventually became a piercer and then eventually became, you know, like what have you. Uh, and so it was just the expectation of every counter person is trained the same with the same expectations. So when I first started, like my first two years, I was trained not only regular counter person duties, like greeting, filling out paperwork, what have you, like cleaning duties and stuff, but I was trained to set up and break down a piercing station and process tools and clean and maintain an autoclave. I even learned how to scrub tattoo tubes, you know? Like, obviously like, I don't do any of that anymore. Like, I'm pretty much useless in the bio room. <laughs> like, I don't know what anything is in the piercing room. Like, don't ask me to find anything in there. Um, but I do feel like that was still a really good base of training and information to build from and learn like, okay, well, I don't need to do that. So that's not really knowledge that I need, but it does help me to apply other things, you know, like the amount of packaging jewelry I've done in my career, which is insane, has taught me to be able to assess sizing on people. Like, like to me, it's kind of crazy that there are counter people out there that couldn't like look at Will's face right now and tell what diameter septum ring he's wearing. Absolutely. Like that to me is kind of bonkers, but I know for some people that's like a crazy thought that their counter person could do that. Um, and so that's just like that, that base of training and knowledge. Um, to me, there is no such thing as useless knowledge. There may be knowledge that you don't tap into every single day, but knowing that should I need to, like having cleaned and maintained autoclaves, I could explain how autoclaves work to a client. Right. Should they ask, you know, like, and that right there is going to instill confidence again in your client because I'm not going to bumble over something, you know, like right. nothing will lose a client's confidence faster than, uh, right, yeah, that I don't Tina know that, you know, like, um, so, well, there is no such thing as bitch work because yeah, it all comes no. down to if you're bagging 18,000, 716th ring, you're yeah. going to be able to eyeball yeah, a 716th ring. Yeah, I'm going to be real good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. And that comes into play yep. so much. Yes. Yeah, making piercing packs is fucking mm-hmm. tedious, but you know how to make a piercing pack. Yep. Like for us, we, for ours, we have, you know, the draping gauze with the hole mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the right size and our counterperson, Josie, 
knows exactly how big most yeah. ears are at this point. Like, yeah, that might not come into play for a while, but eventually it's absolutely going to. There's nothing that I did from the first day that I started that hasn't somehow come into play yes. later. Yeah. Um, but I would definitely, if I had to train somebody, kind of rearrange the order. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Like, I, yeah, if I had to train someone, like, I definitely wouldn't be doing the crazy, like, I'm going to teach you how to process tools. No. <laughs> like, that's, right. no, right. you don't need to know that. But maybe teach them what the tools are called. Yes. You know, that's kind of handy to know, like, uh, stuff like that. Because, again, that's that base knowledge. And should they be asked, they can explain stuff. Or having that applied knowledge of things. Like, well, I know they use that particular thing when they're doing this thing. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, which can kind of come in handy. Like, I don't know, maybe I get too thorough with people sometimes. But I can explain a lot of things to clients should they ask. And it's an incredibly valuable asset to a piercer as well. Mm -hmm. Especially because a lot of people work out of a staff. Adam, the single yep. cassette autoclave yep. things that don't have packages. Sure. There has been more times than I care to admit that I'm like, oh my god, Sarah, I dropped this on the floor. <laughs> yep. I need <laughs> yeah. a 16-gauge pin taper. Can yeah. you please help me out? And she's like, <laughs> I got it. And like, just <laughs> runs around the corner and grabs it for me. I, I think it's incredibly valuable. And I yep. also think that one of the things that employers also have to realize is piercers have to go through apprentices. Yep. You, we get apprenticed and then we become a piercer yep. like 15 years down the road. But the big thing is, is when it comes to this, I think it is an equally important, maybe not as long mm. investment, yeah. but you basically have to apprentice like another person mm-hmm. to bring them onto your crew. Yeah. Because first and foremost, if they don't meet your standards, like yeah. all hell is going to yeah, break loose. Absolutely. But then the second thing too is that this industry is is bonkers like yeah. it really mm-hmm. is it's it's an industry where you need to know how to sell something you need to know how to make something you yeah. need to know how to talk to people you need to know how to like just make all of these gears work together so like i've i've said it before and i'll say it again but think of a shop like the jewelry is a gear mm-hmm. a piercer is a gear mm-hmm. you know the building is a gear and the thing is is if you don't have grease none of the gears will turn yeah. and a lot of times the queen bee or the counter staff is the grease that makes things turn mm-hmm. and can it work without it sure mm-hmm. but the thing is, is it's not going to work as well as if yeah. it like actually had it Absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm forever indebted to Nick for basically, in his eyes, jumping off a building that was <laughs> trusting me to do any of the things that I now do. But I know that I can bring that back to him to ultimately improve yeah. us as a brand, as a piercing shop, as a business, all of those things, because he put that trust in me and I only want to give it back tenfold. Yeah. Yeah. You know, And if you're going to put that trust in your staff... They're going to have a passion for what you had a passion for in the first place. If you don't inspire that passion in them because you don't trust them enough to take that leap, I mean, you can really only go so far. Yeah. 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 That no truer words have been spoken. (laughs) I mean, just like when it comes to piercers, when someone who owns a business, that's their baby. Yeah. There was very few times that I would actually trust people to count my jewelry or Mm -hmm. talk to a customer or cash them out because I was like, nope, because it's my way and I know that I won't mess it up. Mm -hmm. And if I do mess it up, I can only get mad at me. Yeah. And and it's a big leap of faith to to trust somebody like, you know, with your with your livelihood. Mm -hmm. But it is one of those things that I I can I don't know about cold steel, but I can speak honestly from personal experience with Dorje. The business is better because of Sarah. Sure, yeah. And yeah. It, it really is. I mean, there is so many things that would not happen if Sarah wasn't there. Yep. And I'm, I'm sure it's the same way where you are, but, mm-hmm. like, 
you know, we have killer shirts. Yeah. All of our social media is flawless. Yeah. You know, all all of these things, when you go ahead and you put them together, makes the shop even stronger. Yeah. As opposed to just having three or four piercers just throwing their own personal <laughs> yeah. logos and yeah. just, like, yeah. putting them all yeah. out there and being like, hey, like, one of our logos is a dragon yeah. and the other one is, a, <laughs> yeah. like, a piercing needle, yeah. and, you know. So, I mean, it just... It just shows the amount of yeah. positivity, the glue that keeps the shop together, and all those things. And I think the biggest thing that I'm just trying to stress to our listeners, but also to both of you people, is like, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the things that you do mm-hmm. and the things that you do for our industry. Because I know that people reach out to you guys to try to ask for help and like, yeah. how do you do this or how does that look like that? Mm-hmm. And and honestly, like I couldn't do the things that I do without mm-hmm. incredible, powerful individuals like yourselves. Like mm-hmm. I really couldn't. I and one thing that I know um, that I would love to see is if you are going to be investing time and passion into your counter staff to really make them known because I can't tell you how much more I've been inspired and driven from getting to know Danny. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wouldn't have known that Danny existed because the faces of your brand are usually your piercers. But how much would you all say that you've learned from meeting people at this conference, from meeting people by chance visiting their shop and becoming better piercers and better business people because of it? I would love to be able to see the incredible people that you know, are the glue of these other shops because I know that meeting you, yep. meeting Brianna have just only made me want to do better. Right. Same. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. And that's that like recognition, like you asked earlier, like how to keep your long term like counter staff happy and all that kind of stuff. For me, really, um, the recognition, you know, like that appreciation of the contribution that I make. Uh, again, luckily, I work with some amazing coworkers who do make it known all of the time. Like, hey, man, you kicked ass today. Like, you did a really, really good job today. Like, and and I've talked to people before. You can also institute other things like commission. I don't know bonuses, stuff like that. To me, though, it's less of like a financial drive. Though I'm never gonna be a bummed about more money. Right. Um, or in my case, if I do a particularly good sale, I'll like send a picture of the receipt to my boss and then he'll let me buy lunch the next day on the shop. Like right. I'm awesome. easily and, bribed by food. And those things are super yeah. important. Yeah. I I mean words are worth their weight in gold. Yes. Like yep. that is just yep. something that's going on. And I in everything that I do in my life, I try to make sure that people know how much I appreciate the things yep. I do. Mm-hmm. I mean case in point, like my wife will work three days, I see her maybe like four hours in each day right. before bed. You know, like barely seeing her at all and I'm like, Holy crow I can't believe everything that you do. Yeah. Thank you for taking care of me mm-hmm. and also our family. And I mean, I say the same thing to Sarah. I'm like, hey, I'm on my way to work. Yep. I'm stopping to get coffee. Mm-hmm. Do you want one? And then yep. I give it to her. Like, at the end of the day, I'm like, holy crow. Like, thank you so much for everything you did today. <laughs> I know in the middle of the day I was kind of an asshole. But, like, <laughs> I'm really, I, <laughs> like, I'm really glad that we have those things. And, <clears throat> and I know that it just... It, it should be one of those things you don't have to say to yourself. Be like, I need to make sure that I tell them how much I appreciate right. it. You should just do that because that's what good people do. Right. But, I mean, if you're not one of those people, please take time out of your day just to acknowledge yep. all of the things that people do. And, I mean, even if you have counter staff that is not doing a massive amount of things, mm-hmm. if they ordered you lunch, they're like, that sucks. Like, I yep. hate calling a place. Yeah. 
I hate yeah. getting them. Like, I hate dealing with the guy who drops it off. Like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. want to do it at all. Yeah. And and Sarah does it. She's like, what do you want? All right. See you later. <laughs> you know? And it's, it's, it's one of those things. Like, tell people thank you. Like, yeah, say absolutely. you appreciate them. Make sure that they know that. And yeah. even if they're doing very few things, if you're appreciative for those few things, then maybe they're going to want to do a lot more things. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I that's a thing, too. And I'm, I'm going to, from this side of the table, because... Sarah and Danny are on the other, and the piercer is on this side. I mean, if they do something that you're not into and it bothers you, mm-hmm. don't let it stew. Like, no, please no. don't do yep, that. No, absolutely. I could sit here and be like, you know, the other day when you mm-hmm. did this, and it was just like it boils inside me. Like, yep. the, the only thing that that's going to do is make your environment toxic. So, yeah. like, if something's not done to a way that you are super fond of and it is reasonable, mm-hmm. please let me stress that. Yeah. Just be like, hey, you know, I know you're talking to this client, but, like, I really don't feel comfortable if you don't let me say, like, goodbye before you start, like, interacting right. with them. Yeah. Like, please just let them know because they don't know. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Absolutely. you could sit here and be upset with them all day long yeah. and it will ruin your whole day. And then, like, wow, why was so-and-so such a jerk to me all day? Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas you could have just alleviated the situation by just saying, yeah. like, one tiny little bitty bitty thing. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing I'm proud of our studio and the setup that we've had for the past, like, six seven years um because we've been lucky enough to have like basically the same staff you know for that period of time is we are pretty darn good at communication like we're pretty darn good at letting the other know uh like there's this thing that you do that i think could be changed or it's kind of weird or blah 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 and granted a lot of the time it's me telling them those things like use this word that i don't like so you should not phrase it that way um but it's nice to have that like yeah let me know if i'm doing something that you feel could be changed for the better um, sometimes I do have a bad habit of maybe getting a little bit pissy about it, which I'm trying to work on. Uh, but because it's, sometimes it's hard to be like, you said this thing and it was kind of weird to say. It's I just instinctively kind of like, why is it weird? It's not weird. I don't think it's weird. Like, why do you think it's weird? You say weird things, like, uh, which I try to work on. But again, having that, like you said, don't let it stew. Like, you're Absolutely. never going to be able to change and progress and get better if you're not told these things that you could change, you know, like you're not aware of them. Like, so yeah, don't be afraid of that. Um, but also learning how to communicate in that That way, (laughs) like important. It's incredibly vital, especially in our business. Like we talk a lot. Like that's all we do. I don't know why I'm doing a podcast to just talk more, (laughs) but like on honest to goodness, you should be able to rely on your interpersonal skills like you should be able to communicate with someone that you are unhappy with something Uh or that was really great there of course everyone does get defensive when like something negative is like told to them yeah but there is a difference between being upset because you're like let down with yourself yeah or you know being upset just because you're just what no i disagree like you you are an adult you can have disagreements you can let people know certain things don't worry about it but overall the stronger that you make your relationships and the more things you put out in the open the stronger they become yes yeah one thing i think our industry as a whole not just like the counter position could benefit from like i really do believe there should be like a class on it um learning how to give and receive 
constructive criticism. Absolutely. Um, like, I'm from a fine art background. I went to college for fine art. You know, had to sit through a lot of, like, critiques, you know, where everyone just sits in a circle and talks about everyone else's artwork. And the main thing that was really hammered into us is they're talking about something that you created, yes, but they're not personally attacking you. Absolutely. Like, know that, like, this person is trying to give you information that should help you improve. Like, they're not saying that you yourself are, like, a pile of garbage, you know? Like, right. But there are some things that you could do that would make your life easier and, in turn, their life easier. Like, it's not a personal attack, you know? Like, they're just trying to shape you a little bit, if that makes any sense. Right, uh, but like, there's uh, as much practice going into receiving critique yes, as it is to give yes, critique, because yep. again, it comes down to the opinion statements. Everyone's got one, yep. and they're all going to be very different. Yeah. So if you're not able to come down to facts, and yep. even if the fact is that it is hurting your feelings or making right. things difficult for you, that is itself a fact. But if you're saying what you're doing is wrong, or what yeah. you're doing is bad, that's not helpful. No. Nope. If you're saying what you're doing is making my job more difficult for these reasons, that yes. is something that anybody could latch on to. If they're not, you know, maybe they need to take some time and practice receiving constructive yeah. criticism, but it does need to be constructive. Yeah. Can yeah. it break down to always factual statements? Is your criticism coming down to your feelings and opinions above anything else? Because if that's the case, it's probably not going to end very well. Right, yeah. And knowing how, like... Again, like, learning the vocabulary to talk about that stuff. Like, instead of saying, you used words bad, you know? Like, <laughs> right. um, those terms you used were maybe confusing, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, let's try and find different terms to use, you know? Like, one that I have right now with, with my coworkers, with my piercers, is they have a little bit of a habit of, like, oh, we're going to start you off with longer jewelry today, come back in such and such a time, and have it shortened. Yes. To me, I hate that terminology. <laughs> because the number of times I've had to explain to someone that we don't cut we don't your jewelry, cut <laughs> you are indeed having to purchase a different component. So I've tried, like, and it's slowly getting there, but I've, I've tried to, like, be like, hey, can we change our terminology when we're talking to them? Be like, hey, and we'll see you back here in about a month or whatever, When at which time you can purchase a shorter piece of jewelry, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, using that word purchase or buy, mm -hmm. because also it's not free. Um, right. But, yeah, so stuff like that, like, instead of just, like, nah, you talk like a piece of shit. Like, like, yeah. And a lot of us are, like, super stubborn. Some ideas, like yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> I, will, I will admit that a lot of people, because of the history of the position itself, they view counter as a lower position. Yeah. yeah. Which is wrong. Yeah. That is a Stop wrong that. thing. Stop doing that. Yes. You are all on an equal level. I understand that the owner writes your checks, but yeah. if the owner is working with you as a piercer, you are on the equal level there. Yeah. Of course, if you piss them off, they could fire you. But the big thing is, is your counter staff is on the same level as you. Yep. So don't be like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. That's not how we're going to do it. It should be the other way around. Be like, well, you're making my life incredibly difficult. Yeah. Do you, would you yeah. like me to make your life incredibly <laughs> right. difficult? Like, yeah. that's, not a, that's not how it works. <laughs> so if you do have things like that, going back and stemming to what we said a moment mm -hmm. ago, you know, talking to someone, letting them know that there yeah. is a problem or there is an issue is something that is important to having a healthy shop family. Yes. Yeah. Um, Becky likes to use uh, what she calls a compliment sandwich. Mm -hmm. So you say something nice, get the thing that you want to have changed there in the middle, and then end with something nice. Yeah, that is actually like a psychological thing. That is a thing. When I was funeral totally directing and I had to, you know, 
train people. I was like, hey, what you did was really great. Mm-hmm. You did this really bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to hang out with you tomorrow. Yeah. You know? yes. like, yeah. So, yeah. so I am familiar with that. Yes. Well, but I, I mean, I'm a bitch inside and out. I don't say much <laughs> anything. It's just, here's the bad part. And usually, I mean, sometimes it can end with, I have a cupcake, but it's definitely not going to be a statement sandwich. It'll be like, here's a literal sandwich in return for me giving you this really harsh comment mm-hmm. that I'm going sure. to definitely yeah. talk at your face. Yeah, but, I also don't do sandwich. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, 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 I mostly will just tell you if your idea is dumb. Uh-huh. And, and that works for some shops. Yes. For me personally, that works for me. Mm-hmm. Like yep. my, mm-hmm. I know I talk about her a lot. For <laughs> real, my wife, well, she'll be like, I told you that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you didn't. You were more direct about it. <laughs> and then the next time it happens, she's like, that is dumb. You are doing things yeah. wrong. Why did you do that? And I'm like, whoa, I did something wrong. <laughs> so, I mean, those things are really important. I mean, everyone gets talked to a little bit differently and yes. some people interpret things different yeah. and that's a hard thing to do to try to figure out what works best for so and so because um, I mean I've seen Sarah and Nick duke it out <laughs> over like I, I think like it was like gem colors or like navel <laughs> curves or something like that <laughs> and I just sat there and I was like I need to go outside because I don't know what's going on <laughs> totally. and, yeah. and I was just like that's how they interact that's and how that's, that's how they do it but you know yeah. we are also we work any shifts that we're working we work together and then when we're not working we hang out for some reason <laughs> You know, we like we like spending time with it together. It's crazy, <laughs> but that com- learning how people communicate comes with that investment in your counter staff. Yes. How can you more effectively communicate with them, and vice versa? That only comes with time. Yeah. If you're not willing to put it in, you might have to just lay it on them. This is how you have to correct it. Yeah. This is what you have to do differently, and that might go over well with some people, and it might not with others. And the people that don't take those harsh criticisms well aren't necessarily less valuable to you and your company and to you as a counterperson. It just might be you have to actually take that time to learn how they work and how they can take yeah. those yep. slight adjustments. Yep. Yeah, because I, I don't... Uh, again, I can get a little pissy when someone tells me that I'm doing something that... I'm just saying, I get all you know. Um, but the compliment sandwich on me, personally, like, the second Becky's like, Hey, man, you do, you're doing real good. I'm like, God damn it, what's coming? Like, what are you going to yell at me about? What are you going to tell me that's weird? Like, I just, like, because she gets the tone of voice where I'm like, that's not a real, like, you telling me that I did good. Like, this mm-hmm. is you buttering me up. Absolutely. So maybe I don't turn into a jerk. When can you tell me this? Sarah does this thing while she'll... <laughs> She will say your name all nice and sweet, and she'll just be like, "Will," and I'm like, "Oh boy, here it comes." So, so everyone's got their back room. If I go, so Nick felt that his shoulders go to his ears. He's like, "I know she's gonna say something I don't want to talk about," but you know, we've worked together for so long. But if somebody gets, it it does go to that family dynamic. Every shop is different. Mm -hmm. Some shops may not interact like this. But the the biggest thing I think that I just want to wrap up all of this Mm. and put into a compliment sandwich is (laughs) um, counter staff is incredibly valuable. Plain and simple. They are the grease that makes the machine work. Mm -hmm. Um, Some may not be as skilled as others, Mm -hmm. but I really do think that it is something that our industry needs to take a step back from and actually look at. Because of what they can offer, because of the things that they do. And then the other big thing, too, is I know that we have a lot of people who are not in our industry that actually listen to this. Counter is not always a way into the industry. Yeah, no. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we... Just because you're a counter does not mean you're going to be picking up a tattoo machine or you're going to be piercing or, or things of that nature. Like, And the thing is, is I don't see Danny or Sarah 
as anything less than like basically on the level of a piercer. Yeah. Like they're incredibly important to me. They do things that I can't do that I actually absolutely admire. And their job is equally as important as the other ones. Yeah. May not be as cool to be a piercer. Like I'm not a cool dude. I play board games, <laughs> I pet dogs. Like that's all I want to do. You're the coolest dude. But it, it's just one of those things. They do great and they do amazing work. And those are the people that you need to like look for if you want to add incredible people to your team. Yep. Yeah. Don't like on that like like counter is not necessarily a jumping off point to become something else um it's definitely helpful if you're like myself like right out the gate i knew like i was like i don't want to be piercer Mm -hmm. like i don't have that temperament also my depth perception is horrible like no not for me uh so my first like job in a studio i was like just let you know like i don't want to be a piercer which made things easier because they knew like cool we don't have to advance you through the ranks um but also for potential counter staff out there like don't don't think of this as just like a cool job like i want to work there because it's fucking cool like sure it's fun like i get to work around jewelry and stuff like that but also like it's customer service man (laughs) like like this shit sucks sometimes like sarah's on my little email chain group that i have where i just complain about things all of the time Mm -hmm. uh like you should get into it because you're excited at the prospect of talking to people about jewelry and self-expression all the time. Like, that's why you should get into it, because you want to help with that, and you yourself are passionate about it. Like, not just, oh, I get to go work at the piercing studio. Like, that's going to, it's not going to end very well if that's how you're going to start. It gets old real yeah, fast. Yeah, it gets old real but, fast. But, you know, if you're able to express to any potential counter staff mm-hmm. that counter is a career, then maybe you wouldn't have to worry yes. about constantly telling people that yep. this doesn't lead to an apprenticeship because it has its own life and entity that is yep. totally separate. If you're able to make that clear from the get-go, then... More they, power to you. Yeah, absolutely. But thank you, Will, for asking mm-hmm. us all yeah, these wonderful absolutely. questions and letting us talk about this. And thank you, Danny, for yeah. being so wonderful and thank awesome you. and being such a wonderful person and so good at what you do. My God. If you don't know Danny <laughs> and what she does, then you're doing something wrong. Ah, that's weird. I know. <laughs> no, you're both incredibly <laughs> yeah. amazing people, which just makes <laughs> everything so much better. <laughs> I hope you wonderful people enjoyed listening to two of my favorite people on the planet. I'd like to thank both of them for their time during the busy conference week to sit down and talk to me. I'm really looking forward to classes from hopefully both Danny and Sarah in the future, and also to see what amazing things they bring to this industry. I strongly suggest taking a moment to see the work they do on social media. We'll have links to them in the show notes for this episode. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode and our special conference episodes. We'll be returning next week with our normal format. I am extremely excited for the guests I have lined up for the next few weeks. I would also like to thank everyone once again for sending in your questions, for listening, and most importantly, thank you for being the rad-empowered people that you are. And as always, don't forget, you are beautiful. To ask questions, suggest topics, or get more info about your host or today's guest, please visit us at realtalkpiercingpodcast.com. If you have a moment and enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast platform. 
The views and opinions expressed by the host and guest are their own and do not represent the official position of the Association of Professional Piercers or their places of employment. Music by Broke for Free.